Hi guys, welcome to the sixth episode of the Statement Gaia podcast. And I'm just gonna dive right into the episode. So this episode is about attachment theory. And I just want to start by saying that I'm an avid believer and researcher of attachment theory. And I realized how important attachment theory was to me once I realized why love was hard for me is because I didn't have a secure attachment style. And that way of looking at attachment style might be very toxic because not everybody has a secure attachment style and that doesn't mean that you're inherently unworthy or evil or something like that but that's just like that's just what's true to me right now is that i really need to have a secure attachment style because i'm so like mental with this stuff that i need to let other people know that you need to be self-aware of the traits you have within interpersonal relationship dynamics And you need to be aware of the other party's traits in that dynamic so that you can better be informed and better work on those relationships together. Otherwise, you're just going to be stuck in a trauma bond and a cycle that is so toxic. And believe me, you don't want to do that because it's literally the fifth anal wall of hell. And um, I don't want any of you guys to go through that. So my personal mission is to get as many people as possible to know about attachment theory so that people can understand why they do what they do and why the other person does what they do. So I'm going to be talking about two types of attachment styles. There are four kinds, but we're only going to be discussing two today. And in the next part of this series on attachment theory, I'm going to be discussing trauma bond and the other kinds of attachment styles that I'm not going to be discussing in this one. So I'm going to start by dismissive avoidant attachment. So dismissive avoidant attachment is basically the ones that usually ghost or do the styling treatment or stonewall or gaslight or something like that they have those kinds of traits because they're highly self-sufficient overly concerned about being controlled in relationships they have a tendency to avoid huge displays of feelings they can sometimes act narcissistically deliberately aggravating a partner to avoid them getting too close to them so you could say they have fear of intimacy fear of vulnerability and uh, a tendency not to prioritize romantic relationships they're usually financially well off um obviously this is case by case but usually statistically they're financially well off because if they don't have a preoccupation with love they're usually very career oriented so they have a overly critical view of others and sufficient view of self and they're prone to substance abuse issues because um like obviously this is also case by case scenario but it's like statistically they're prone to substance abuse issues because um 
they don't have enough nurturing energy in their life so there's kind of a void and you need to fill that and they crave power usually and um these dismissive avoidant attachment people um usually don't want to like fall in love they think they don't need love and they think they're um self-sufficient without connection but obviously that's a distorted way of thinking and it's trauma response and it's not coming from a place of love it's coming from a place of fear and trauma so that's what dismissive avoidant attachment is so anxiously attached individuals have a preoccupation with their partner's attention and responses to them they threaten to leave if their irrational needs are not being met or make the partner jealous can act codependently their happiness it depends on their partner's constant communication to them external validation seeking overly critical view of self and overly positive view of their partner and uh, financially they're not well off usually because their preoccupation their primary driving force in life is love so love consumes them almost and they're not very like financially well off statistically obviously case by case you get the gist apply it where it fits okay and they have a tendency to ignore red flags and low self esteem so these are the traits of dismissive and anxiously attached individuals i broke them down point by point for you guys and um this is like the gist of it and in the next part of the series i will break down trauma bonds between fearful avoidance and anxious preoccupied individuals and i will also explain their characteristics and secure attachment style but before i end the episode i wanted to do chit chat and updates about my life in the latter half of the episode because i had like a lot to talk about but i really wanted to think before i spilled any kind of beans and spilled the tea because um i've just been going through a lot like i thought i had hit rock bottom and then it progressively got worse and worse and by now i would think that okay well i hit rock bottom the only way to go from here is up but i just it just keeps getting worse right so i'm going to kind of fill you in on my life now um i had some external conflicts happen to me and it's nothing mental it's nothing like going on inside my head and i'm not struggling with self esteem or anything like that but like stuff happened boundaries were violated voices were raised and um it was like emotions were very heightened in some dynamics in my life and i got to a point where like the storm was brewing and right now the storm is out of my life like it has gone away but i'm still recovering 
So I truly feel like there is no more grieving left in me. Like I've grieved all I could and it's like I'm slowly losing hope for life to get better. But I want to be honest here and say that life will get better. But that doesn't feel true to me right in this moment. So I'm just going to tell you guys how I feel. You know what I mean? And it just doesn't feel true to me in this particular moment that I will never have to go through a negative emotion like this ever again. But you think that the universe would give me a break. You think after I hit rock bottom, the universe would give me a break and I'd be sort of like, okay, and the storm would clear and there would be calm after that storm and there would be silence after that storm. But there's just storm upon storm. There's just all over hurricanes, destruction, and like that analogy fits well for my life right now i just think that after what i went through i shouldn't i i deserve like a break from the universe but like i'm in this place of like i don't want to say despair like i'm okay you know but so yeah as i was saying i was reflecting on the past year the months that have gone by in 2022 so far and um this year has been the first half of the year has been incredibly in alignment with my soul and i just felt so good and so powerful and so in alignment but the second half of this year has been absolute hell for me and it's so bittersweet because I took the most steps this year to better myself but life knocked me down once again and it's like I'm just learning how to get back up each time I get knocked down and I want to say that uh, this is not like I'm not trauma dumping or updating you guys on my life for attention. It's like um, I want you guys to know that uh, 2022 was a special year for me. And uh, the first half of the year, I would not be saying this stuff. I would not be in this place of despair and be saying all of this stuff to you like life has knocked me down i would be in a place of gratitude if you asked me three months ago like what place of your life are you in right now i would be saying that i'm in complete cosmic alignment and complete gratitude and joy and energy and right now it's just not that and um so i never want anybody to feel like i'm trauma dumping on the internet for their attention i'm just telling it how it is and it's like i know i can overcome this but when you're embroiled in like stuff that you like 
haven't chosen and it's not of your own doing when you're being when you're being essentially tormented by external conflicts that's not of your own doing it's like even more of like a place of despair because it's like a violation of your boundaries and it's like something that should not have happened and ultimately feels like a mistake but yeah that's what's been going on in my life and uh hopefully it's like all smiles and all joy from this point forward but um uh, i don't think that's entirely realistic to peg my hopes on like a life that is joyful i just want life to be meaningful now and i think it has been meaningful so far so all i can take away from my life experiences right now is that my life has been very rich and tender in moments of absolute despair like um like 2 hours ago i was uh thinking like my family has gone through a lot right this past uh 3 months so we were all having dinner together and uh it's like in such like a place of despair we're sharing these like tender moments of joy like having dinner together playing with the kid that was in our house and the kid is absolutely kissing everybody and just spreading so much light love and joy and we're all smiling all laughing and it's like a place of gratitude that i'm able to experience moments of tenderness in this like chunk of despair and it's like all that i live for is those moments and that's what makes life beautiful and that's what makes happiness more richly colored is to have it wrapped up in despair and that's like a romanticization of ha- like despair but it's a twisted way of looking at things i know but like the only way we would have a more nostalgic conception of joy is if we go through those moments of despair so i just wanted to let you guys know about my life and the first half of this podcast was obviously attachment theory which i'm very interested in and i will talk more on the next episode about it but this is my the statement guy podcast and you are listening to mehak joshi bye